Show and tell time at school should be fun, but not when it's show off time for everyone. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week, we're in the lead-up to Hanukkah. That's right, it is time to get ready for the first night of Hanukkah, and as is the case each year, I try to make my books relevant to the holiday at hand. So, without further ado, we give you a book this week that has absolutely no... I'm sorry, it has absolutely nothing to do with Hanukkah. There just aren't any options in the Berenstain Bears universe. I'm sorry. I have actually discussed this with Mike, and it's something he's aware of, but also he's aware of what his publishers think will sell. And uh, there's very little that I can do about that. So I don't have a Hanukkah book. I wish I did. Uh, what I do have is a book with a pretty good message to it. Uh, so that's, you know relevant in a way that's also strangely a retelling not really of a book that we've covered in the past but of a element of a book we've covered in the past of a of a of a story it has a story beat in it it seems to be it was clearly inspired by a book we've covered in the past now back in 20 16, I think it was, uh, early on in our, or early on in the Baron Sanders, yes, 2016, in December of 2016, so, wow, uh, just a couple of weeks shy of being seven years ago. Uh, episode 80, I did the Berenstain Bears Attic Treasure. It was a very, uh, good book. It was one of those little, tiny, smaller storybooks, but I thought it was good. I liked that whole series, and it had some funny stuff in it, and one of the funny things was... The Berenstains themselves being beholden to the copyright uh, or trademark, sorry, uh, that is enforced severely by the Whammo Corporation, by Whammo Inc. Uh, Whammo owns the, the, the trademarks to many of our favorite childhood toys, and by ours, I mean old people's childhood toys. And one of those childhood toys is featured prominently in that book, and they had to re retitle it something so completely bizarre uh so completely not what any living human or bear would ever call it that it, it struck my it, it tickled my funny bone and i had a hearty chuckle about it and now it's back it's back to haunt me in the exact almost exact same context that it first appeared in episode 80 uh strangely enough episode 80 was about was took place in 2016 this book is a book that was not published until the following year that is right this week's book is the berenstain bears Show and tell. Uh, hold on. Yep. Berenstain Bears Show and Tell. If you're watching this on YouTube, which you can do if you're just listening to it. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you can see me right now. I have an enorm <laughs> enormous... I don't know why it's so big. It's a very large representation of the book of the book title, a cover. Uh, you can also see that my hair is not behaving today. My hair is doing something very odd. Uh, over on the left side, it's 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 dangling and dingling, uh, swooping and swaying. It, it means I need a haircut. It means I need a haircut. Very bad. Oh, no, I just made it worse. It means I need a hair. Wow, I am just uh, now it's staticky, so it's it's standing on. It's literally it's literally standing up. Uh, 
I could I now it just looks ridiculous. Now I look like I don't even know how to take care of myself. Sorry, everybody. Should I throw on a hat? Maybe I'll throw on a hat. Hold on. I'm throwing on a hat now. So uh, hold tight while I while I throw on a throw on a hat. I ha now I look even stupider. Hold on. Did I go to Jupiter to get much stupider? I sure did. There I am. Now I don't have hair. Now now I look like I should be outside. Uh, but you don't have to look at my flyaway hair anymore. So, you know, win-win, I guess. Yes, this week's book, The Berenstain Bears Show and Tell. Uh, 2017, Mike Berenstain Joint. And like I said, it reuses a, a plot beat from a previous book, but not the entire story. It's like Mike's, Mike was reminded of that book and was like, well, we don't need to, we don't need to redo this plot line because it's a plot line that's been revisited a few times. The Berenstain Bears have to clean out their attic. Like that's, we've gone there on a number of occasions. So this one is like, well, let's give them an excuse to go in the attic and, uh, and, and just relive our glory days. So it's the Berenstain Bears show and tell. And I set off right off the bat that I liked this book. I do like this book. I think it's got a pretty good message to it. Uh, and it's, uh, and it, it it's got some history, some bear country history in it. So uh, let's take a look. Uh, Berenstain Bear Show and Tell. I read you the little blurb up top. Now, uh, forgive me for the crudity, the crudite, the crudeness, the crudeness. That's not, it's not crudite. That's a different thing. Uh, forgive me for the crudeness of this, the, the image of this week's book. I had to, this is one of the few books that, is currently not available as an ebook, even though it was published much later than many of the books that are available as ebooks. It's just, it's you cannot buy it that way. You have to buy it in a in a in a physical format or in a library binding, which is like twenty five dollars, which I'm not going to do, and it would not help me anyway. Which means that for the purpose of this episode, I own the book. I'm holding it right here, flipping and flopping it here. You can hear it if you're just listening. And why aren't you watching me on YouTube? Go to YouTube, Raffish Ripoff Productions, and uh, and check out my videos. But uh, if you're if you're just listening, I just flipped and flapped and flopped and flipped the book, so you knew it's. I actually hold it in my hand. Sometimes I will never hold it in my hand again after this, but I have held it in my hand. What I had to do is I had to scan this book, but I don't have a scanner, so I had to use a scanning app on my phone, but not the scanning app I usually use. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't get my usual scanning app to work, so I had to download another one. I don't like it that much. Long story short, it didn't even scan it in high enough resolution for it to make any difference. It, it cropped it weird. It distorted the image. I'm very, very unhappy about it. So, viewers at home, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for showing you something that is not up to snuff. But this is the Berenstain Bears show and tell. It's the best I could do. So, what is this book about? I like this book. First of all... Did anyone out there? Did anyone out there play show and do show and tell? I never did show and tell. It was never a thing at my elementary school, and I think the reason for that at my elementary school is that the same reason that this book exists. The problems faced by Sister Bear in this book are the problems that I think they were trying to, I don't know, head off at the pass at my school, which is not every kid has something they want to show and tell, and it tends to just be. Look at my awesome toys. Look at the awesome toys I have. Uh, I covered, uh, did I cover? No, I did not cover. I'm confusing my mind, which is I read a book about child psychology once because why not? And 
they talked about show and tell in the book about child psychology and said that the, the, one of the one of the benefits to show and tell is you teach kids to train and engage with a part of their brain that really needs exercise at this point. And that's the like, descriptive narrative part of their brain. Usually if a child is asked to present something to a group of people or to their, their class, something that even they own, that they love, that they like, something that means a lot to them, they will stand up in front of the class and simply describe the object if that. Like if they have an action figure, they would be like, the teacher would say, tell us about the action figure. And they would be like, the arm goes up and down. What else about the action figure? The head goes left and right. Why do you like the action figure? Silence. Like that's the kind of thing you're going to get out of a kid. And so you're teaching them to like sort of engage with different parts of their brain, the sort of narration part of their brain uh, to to tell a narrative. And I guess the idea is that if it's, a, if it's an object that they really like or that they have a lot of like that has a lot of meaning for them then they're going to do it more easily. Unfortunately, as we're going to see in this book, that's not usually what show and tell ends up being. As far as I know, again, we didn't do show and tell. Do you do it every week? That seems like a huge time sink every week. Uh, so I, do, do, do only certain kids go every week? Do you have like a like an assigned time? And then that would, in that case, you're only going to get to go to show and do show and tell like a few times, a couple of times a year, because if you got like, what, 25, 30 kids in a class, and only a couple of kids get to do it a week or maybe a day, maybe two kids a day. I don't know. In any case, how did you do show and tell? If you did do show and tell, let me know in the comments or I don't know, write to me at berenstainbearcast at gmail.com. I don't know. I may not even see it. Who knows? I didn't do show and tell, but the Cubs do. Uh, the Cubs do show and tell, or at least Sister Bear does. So Sister Bear is in teacher Jane's class and she usually likes show and tell. It says it's a time for Cubs to bring special things from home. Uh, also, forgive, if you're watching this on YouTube, forgive the scan. Something weird happened to it, so it's kind of chopped and weird. Uh, now, Sister's problem is that right now, as of late, show and tell has simply become a time for kids to show off their expensive new toys. So we have a, so first we have uh, a cub showing off uh, the cursed wind-up monkey doll from Stephen King's The Monkey. Uh, which, as we all know, when it beats its drum, not you, but somebody you know or love will die. A horrible, horrible death. Uh, that is the plot of Stephen King's The Monkey. If you want to know more about that, check out our episode on Stephen King's The Monkey on It's Del Toro Time, The Dark Descent, available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, but on the following page, and everyone seems pretty, pretty pleased. But the following page, we see cubs showing off their gizmos, their gadgets and gizmos and gidget. Gadgets and gizmos aplenty, their who's-its and what's-its galore. Their thingamabobs, they've got 20. But who cares? No big deal. Sister Bear wants more. So we ha we see a cub showing off her Game Boy or Game Bear. It's hard, to, it's hard for me to see. I'm going to look at my actual physical copy because I'm having trouble making it out of this awful scan of it. Oh, but it's, now I'm having trouble making it out because my eyes are very bad. Hold on, I'm gonna... I'm trying to see... No, it's a game box. So she's holding up a Game Boy, like a Game Boy Advance? A Game... Yeah, a Game Boy Advance. It says Game Box, not Game Bear, which I believe it's been in the past. Uh, then we have a little... It's not Ferdy. It's not Cousin Fred, but it's a bespectacled bear dressed in overalls. Uh, showing off his new awesome, <laughs> pretty awesome drone. He's got like a four propeller helicopter drone. It's a big thing too. Uh, and then we've got a we've got a cub showing off his uh, his hoverboard. 
like the that 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 had just not terribly long before this book came out come out uh and it seems to be on fire which is what hoverboards do so you know kudos to mike for doing his research also everyone looks terribly worried you notice the cubs aren't as relaxed as they are when they're looking at the cursed monkey just want to point that out so uh it's getting bad, but it all goes to heck in a handbasket when Millie Bruno, I assume Babs Bruno's sister. I don't know. We've never, I don't, have we met? We know Millie. Have we met? Is it, do we know it's Millie Bruno? Is that, I don't know. Millie Bruno shows off her new phone. Kudos again to Mike for showing off a, a circa 2017 smartphone because that's what she has. So she shows off a new cell phone. This is a smartphone. We have now stepped. Bear Town has now stepped into the modern, like, you know you're in my, like, he did his homework, he did his illustration work, smartphones exist, like, smartphones are there, uh, we've gone over the technological hump, we're, we're in smartphone country now, do 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 that's a smartphone country theme. Uh, and the Cubs all go home and beg their parents for smartphones. The Cubs are not always successful, but some of them are. So we see the bespectacled Cub with a new smartphone. We see a headbanded Cub with a new smartphone. Sister and Lizzie, ah, no. Parents don't think she's old enough for a smartphone. Parents are absolutely correct because they didn't just get these kids smartphones. We see one of them holding it up to his head as if he's chatting with somebody, which means that he has a smartphone plan. They got a new plan. They got a new line just for this Cub. Who is a six-year-old going to call or text? They're just going to break their phone. So, Sister Bear thinks she has a great idea for a show and tell. She's going to bring her favorite Bear Bee doll to class. Perfect. Plus, Bear Bee is, like, totally with it now. Everyone loves Barbie again, right? Right? We don't have any bad feelings about Barbie because she made a very successful movie that grossed over a billion dollars. And any bad feelings you had about Barbie have been undone by Greta Gerwig. Suddenly, it's a good thing now. It's a good thing. We need to have more intelligent, talented filmmakers making movies about IP so they can become cultural phenomenons again and make Mattel even more money. Because now Barbie is cool. Now kids want Barbie again. And that's really what the movie was all about. I mean, honestly, it's really what the movie was about. You know, Greta Gerwig aside, that's why the toy company let the movie company make a movie about a toy. To make more money. I mean, I get that's capitalism in a nutshell, but one thing capitalism is really good at doing is tricking us into thinking that spending money is like good for our soul. I guess it's not, but who cares? We're all going to be dead one day and gravy in a grave. We're going to be grave gravy. We're going to be human body gravy. Sorry, it got dark. I just got dark. I just got dark. My anxiety meds are all over the place today. I'm in a weird headspace. In any case... Sister Bear brings her Barbie doll. She's all excited, but then Lizzie Bruin gets up and shows off her Barbie doll first, and it is a trim and fit, fit and trim, super exercise Barbie that does jumping jacks, crunches, push-ups, and knee bends. This is the most dexterous Barbie doll I've ever seen. It does everything. And she's like, it's better than a regular Barbie doll. It's better. Like, I used to, I used to play with a regular Barbie doll. Ladies and gentlemen, I just realized I never transitioned... I never transitioned into the image of the book for my YouTube readers. So in a way, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you have at the advantage because you have been using the movie in your mind while the YouTube viewers 
have been using the movie in their mouths to yell at me. Please show us the book. That's why we're watching this on YouTube. We're not watching this on YouTube just to see your ridiculous hat. My apologies to my YouTube viewers. Hold on while I review the book again. Let's pretend. Let's pretend, viewers and listeners, that we took a bathroom break. Pause this and go take a bathroom break right now. Great. Okay. Welcome back. You probably need a refresher course. Like, what? where were we? Well, let's take a look. Uh, if you remember, uh, Sister Bear liked show and tell, but it's been a time for Cubs to show off their Game Boys and hovercrafts and their uh, hoverboards and their spacecrafts. Uh, then one day, Millie Bruno, who we don't know who she is, she brings a smartphone to class and all the Cubs beg their parents for smartphones. Some of the Cubs get smartphones, some don't. So Sister brings in her Barbie doll because she thinks this will bring things back down to earth. But then Lucy Bruin brings in her Barbie doll, the super fit, trim fit and exercise and Super Jack's crunch, crunch up knee Barbie. And it's the, even better than regular Barbies. And Sister Bear is once again crushed. Are we caught up? Good. Okay, so uh, Sister Bear hides her Barbie. She doesn't want to show it off now. We've all been there. This is Sister Bear's Charlie Brown moment. She realizes she's a dingus. She realizes she's a dork for not having the best toy. So when it's Sister Bear's turn, she hides her Barbie doll. And at the end of the day, she's walking home with her brother. And he's like, what's up? You look like somebody... I was going to say a, a curse word, but I'm not going to say it. Did somebody rain on your parade? And she's like, somebody pulled, poured cold water on my Barbie. Which I think is a pretty... It's a pretty good comeback for a for a child, a little kid. A little, a little kid who's not used to the quips. Uh, but it is a neat illustration Mike did of the super trim and fit athletic Barbie doing flips and jumps and leaps over Sister's Bear. It's a nice representation. Kudos, Mike. Kudos to you. I like this funny cartoon. When Mike's in the when Mike's in the mood, he draws some pretty funny stuff. Just want you to remember that. Uh, and I like it when he draws stuff like this. It's cute. It's funny. It makes me laugh. Ha. So Brother's like, you know... Sister, I think maybe this is your chance to pull things back from the toys and the gadgets and do something really special for show and tell. And she's like, what? He's like, what about the stuff in the attic? I don't care what he says because this is our opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, we get the quintessential cross-cut, side-view, cross-viewing, cross-slicing of the Bears Treehouse. I'm sorry to everyone who's not watching this on YouTube. You can't see this amazing picture. It's a cross-section of the treehouse. We get the basement. We get the living room. We get the staircase. We get the Cubs room. We get the bathroom. We get the parents' room. We get the attic. It's all there to see. If you ever want... Oh, in the kitchen. If you ever want to know what does the Bears Treehouse look like on the inside, how is it laid out? It's Here it is again. It's the It's the classic layout. But Phil, you may be saying, in some of these books, the house looks way bigger than that on the inside. You don't complain about it when it's Garfield doing it. Please don't complain about it when it's the Berenstain Bears doing it. Also, it's a cute picture. Also, we love cross sections. Also, this is my show. And you don't get to say what I say. Only I do. It's my show. You want to do a Berenstain Bears show, please go right ahead. Don't, please. I don't need the competition. I don't need that. Not in my life. I have like five different listeners. I have like five listeners now. That's not true. I have a lot of listeners. Not a lot of listeners. Not enough to ever get offered like a sponsorship. I've been doing this show for over eight years. I've never had any advertise. Never. You've never had to sit through an ad. Why? Because I don't have enough listeners for anyone to pay me to do this show. That's why. Tell your friends. Got a good back catalog. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So 
they go up to the attic. They hike up to the attic. And here is where things tie in with the attic treasure. We have a shot, a, a, a two-page spread of them going up to the attic and a shot of the cubs emerging into the attic. And there's a grandfather clock. There's a dress dummy. There's a lampshade on the dress dummy. There's the old crib. This is all, there's the old radio. This is all taken straight from that book. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the spread for that book, I don't have a copy of it on me right now, but if you look at the spread from that book, I looked at it online. I, I, I just, I did my research. I made sure I watched someone reading it online just to make sure. Oh yeah, by the way, there's only like two recordings of people. Usually, sometimes I steal people's like images from their YouTubes. Forgive me. If I can't find a digital copy of the books because people have like, there's like usually like 17 different people reading Berenstain Bears books. Only two people reading this one online. And they're both bad. They're both terrible. Like the first person like stutters and stumbles over the, the opening poem. It doesn't even go back. And then they don't center any of the images. It's all like off camera and stuff. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. The things I do for you. Uh, but I did go back and check. I checked on a person who was reading The Attic Treasure. And yeah, this is a this is an homage to that. It's nice. I really like it. It's a nice image. Uh, I love seeing the inside of their attic. I love the big bare bulb. It's nice. Uh, so they start looking around. They open up a trunk. Sister finds a fun old hat. Brother finds a weather vane. Sister finds a gold statue of a bear holding a water vase with a clock in her tummy, which I think is amazing. But brother thinks it's too silly for her to bring. He, in fact, the look on his face is such that I honestly thought this was a joke. I honestly thought this was some kind of like Easter egg or something. And I did some, I was like, clock with a vase with a clock is this a thing like maybe it's something maybe it's something dirty it wasn't i was hoping it was something fun and funny like maybe something that i just didn't understand the reference to maybe something they'd covered in a previous it wasn't it, i don't know but he looks really worried about it so i thought it was something dirty i hoped it was something dirty i don't know what it would be classic dirty clock i don't know uh, then, okay, here's where we get into a little bit of history, and then we move on into the attic treasure thing. Uh, sister finds a moth-eaten Great Bear War uniform, and brother's like, nah, it smells and it's too big on you. But let's roll back. If you were going through your, tr your attic, and you found an old Civil War uniform, like a legit, like, this is a, this is a uniform worn by one of our ancestors in the Civil War, preferably for the Union. That's pretty cool. I don't care how moth-eaten and stinky it is. Hey, whose uniform was this? Was it Grizzly Gramps? Is he that old? Because at this point, this thing's like, it's 2017 when this book came out. Yeah, this thing's like 150 years old or so. Yeah, like, it's old. And who fought in this war? Why did they have it? Or maybe it's just, is it just a costume? I don't know. They don't go into it. There's literally moths flying out of it. Why do they have it? It's pretty funny. I think it's pretty awesome for show and tell, Cubs, by the way. Keep it in mind. Like, Febreze it if it stinks. Febreze it. Bring it into school. It's kind of rad. Whose was it? Do your homework. Wait a minute, says Sister. What's this? Here's where, Here we go. Sister Bear finds a hula hoop. Right? But if you remember from the Berenstain Bears Attic Treasure, 27, 2016's Attic Treasure that we covered. Well, not 2016. It was a 1980s book. Covered in 2016. What a, what a young boy I was then. 2016. God, I would have. I turned. I turned. Uh, 
40 that year. I'm closer to 50 now. I'm pushing 50. I was just turning 40. What a wild-eyed youth I was. No idea where life was going at that point. <laughs> In any case, whammo! Can't beat whammo. They own everything. And one thing they do own is the trademark to the hula hoop. You can't use hula hoop. So it's a twirla hoop. That's right. In the original book, they found Brothers Old hula hoop but brother was like hey that's my old twirla hoop and it was sister who found it in this book as well brother's like hey wow that's an old twirla hoop not mine why because now it wouldn't make sense i mean it, i mean mitzi has hula hoops it's not like a it's not like a thing these exist right like it's not like she found like a cup and ball or I don't know, like an old stereogram or like a toy that just like it does not exist anymore. She found a hula hoop. You can buy hula hoops. You can go to Target and buy a hula hoop. They are there. They exist. They've still got grit in them and everything. So Mitzi, we have like a ton right in the mudroom. So I don't know why she doesn't know what it is, but it doesn't make... It, uh, Mike's trying to establish something. And that's... When the Attic Treasure came out in the 1980s, yes, brother could be like, that's my old hula hoop. Now, brother's like, I know what a hula hoop is or a twirla hoop. I did not personally own this. This was somebody's. This is, this is, this is, exists outside of time. What is it? It's a twirla hoop. Can't say hula hoop, friends. That's my novelty flying disc. Uh, here's how you use it. But brother can't make it work. But sister can make it work. And he's like, you know what? You show this off for show and tell. You could start a new fad, which, as we all know, is pretty easy to do. Uh, so Sister does take it in for show and tell. No one had ever seen one before. Again, another indication that Bear Country exists in a separate historic continuity from the United States of America or anything, because we know a kid, I, if I went up to the youngest child and was like, do you know what a hula hoop? Yes, they would say. I know what a hula hoop is. Like I've I've seen television. I've read books. I've I have some bit of cultural like osmosis. I know what a hula hoop is, even if I've never touched one. We have them in gym. Schools don't have like the budgets I guess you think they have. They do not replace all of their equipment every 5 years. They, schools have hula hoops. There's hula hoop clubs. My older child, Willow, was in a hula hoop group in elementary school. They know what hula hoops are. Yeah, 2017, Willow was, well, she was older than that. She was, yeah. I think we were doing it's Del Toro time almost by that point. So yeah, this is a little after she was, kids know what hula, in any case, they've, ne so Bear Country, it's on, come to find out. You don't have chattel slavery in your world. Hula hoops fall out of fashion sooner. I guess that's the way it works. Thanks. We know now. But the class loved it. They clapped and they cheered. They all tried it out. And then Teacher Jane was like, you know, I haven't done one of these in a while. But I used to be a pretty good hula hooper back in my day. I used to be pretty good at it. Call me old swivel hips. It's not a line. Something I made up. Pretty tasteless, Phil. Uh, and she does it. Wow, she says. Knees pop together, arms akimbo. She's hula-ing, hoopening, twirla-ing, and hoopening. 
Go, Teacher Jane, go, yelled the class. Go, Teacher Jane, go, go, Teacher Jane, go. I'm sure I told this story when I covered the hula hoop once upon a time, but Mitzi used to go to uh, birthday parties and school events and stuff at the roller rink that no longer exists in our town, Roller Garden. It was a cool roller rink. It only closed at the beginning of, I mean, COVID came along and killed the roller rink industry. Uh, But we went once and there was a hula hoop contest. I think she and I went by ourselves so she could practice roller skating. I think that was may have been when it was. In any case, there was a hula hoop contest. Everyone goes out on their skates, middle of the the, the roller rink, and they hula hoop and the DJ plays music. And one by one, people drop out and whoever's left wins the prize. Right? Right. What's fascinating, though, is you can tell that they the, the DJ had programmed in like 10 minutes of music. This is like a 10, 15 minute event, you know, because you're just no one can skate while it's happening. Programs in like 10 minutes of music. At the end of those 10 minutes, though, there's three girls left, right? There's three girls left and they're all roughly like Mitzi's age, at the, uh, Mitzi at the time. They're like seven or eight years old. Perfect hula hooping age. Uh, and the DJ is like, oh. Oh, boy, we usually don't have this many left at this time. Well, we'll just keep going until we get to the winner. And he keeps playing music. And he keeps playing music. And he keeps playing music. And what happened is each of those girls got into the zone. You know the zone. It's that thing where you no longer have to think about what you're doing. You are now automatically doing what you're going to do. And you don't, your body isn't expending any energy. You've hit an equilibrium. You're not having to gauge anything anymore. You are perfectly aligned with the elements. You're in the zone. You're in the hula, they were in the hula hoop zone. And it was clear they were not going to end. Like anytime. I was going to say anytime soon. It was clear that was not ever going to end. Mitzi and I were watching this and just like, this is just, this is amazing. Like, it's amazing. They were blank faces, hula hooping their little hearts out. And it was was never going to stop. I believe they were approaching 30 minutes when the guy finally called the winner on all three of them. It was amazing. I was so astonished and so proud to have witnessed the kids who broke the hula hoop contest. Never go up against eight-year-olds when hula hooping's on the line. Like, that's... They are, there's an age where you are the perfect age for hula hooping. That's it. Like, that's it. It's like they, uh, double dutch, jump and rope, hopscotch, all those outdoor games that like you played when you were like eight years old. Yeah. There's something in your body that's like, you could just do this forever, kid. You never have to stop. Oh, so they start yelling and screaming so much that Principal Honeycomb comes in and he gets angry. And then he's like, uh, a twirl hoop, a twirl hoop. Let me have a try. And of course, Principal Honeycomb is awesome at the twirl hoop. Like that's the that's the end joke. He's like, as Principal Honeycomb twirled away, sister realized something important. Things don't necessarily need to be brand new, complicated or expensive to be special. Sometimes the plain and the simple or the old and the forgotten can be very special indeed. And that's well worth showing and telling about. It is. Uh, I like this book. I like this book a lot. 
I think this book is is a delight, and I think it's got a really, really succinct message behind it. I think it it I I sometimes complain about their economy of storytelling. How how they'll they'll especially back in the day they would focus on a B plot that didn't matter as much and lose sight of the the A plot. The point would get a little lost, or so sometimes like the the rhyme won't have anything to do with the overall like message. This is the overall message. And he ties it in at the end. And that's a good, solid message. That sometimes the plain and the simple, the old and the forgotten, are very special indeed. And deserve to be shown and told about. That's a great... You don't need to say anything else. Good book. Good book, Berenstain Bears. Plus, we learned that for some reason, maybe... The Bear family at one point in their tree was harboring a Union soldier? I don't know. That's the weird part. Don't know if maybe some... Did the guy... The guy died in the attic. They never knew. Maybe... Maybe that Civil War uniform wasn't put in the attic. Maybe that Civil War... I keep saying Civil War. Maybe that Great Bear War soldier... Stay with me here. To escape... Johnny Reb climbed that tree and died up in the tree. Then when Papa built the tree house, he didn't notice the body or the skeleton. Like he just carved out the inside of the tree in whatever like non-Euclidean MC Escherish way the attic exists. Like he couldn't see, maybe it was like the attic in the Dreams of the Witch House. He couldn't see certain angles. Like it just hidden the, the, geogra- the geometry that doesn't make any sense to the human brain. The skeleton was folded away in another reality. At some point it fell back through the reality into the attic. That's the, that's the logic that I'm going with. Dead Union soldier died in a tree. His body was preserved in a non-Euclidean fold in our reality. Papa Bear digs out the tree doesn't see the corpse at one point the stars align the angles reopen the corpse falls out that's how they got the uniform also game box exists uh and twirla hoops still canon still canon the whammo corporation did not invent these in bear country somebody else invented the twirla hoop again we are not in the united states of america we are just in bear country and thank you all so much for listening thank you so much for joining me you cannot buy this book as a digital book trust me i tried if you want to own it you have to photocopy it yourself put it on your phone i guess if you want to carry on you can buy a copy of it i mean i again i own a flippity floppity so don't worry about me uh but yeah it's available it's a nice glossy book it's got ads on the back uh it's a good book Congratulations, Mike. You've done good. Good job uh, showing and telling us. And a good message. Old stuff is cool. So are old dudes. They're awesome. Sometimes they talk about the Berenstain Bears, and sometimes they talk about other things, like horror stories on It's Del Toro Time. We've been covering The Dark Descent, uh, my copy of which is right here. Uh, the, the, the Dark Descent is a book of short stories that's divided into three books. And those three books, it's been published as a solid, like, 
unit, but it's also been published in three volumes. And so this is the volume we're on now. Medusa in the Shield. It's about the weird, weird fiction, stuff that may not even be supernatural, but you can't really tell. Uh, this week's story, I think, is... Um, is... Oh, wait, no, we, we were done with Medusa in the Shield. This is not the one we're using anymore. Uh, I don't know where my copy of the book is. Dang it. This was going to be a great thing for me to show and to tell about. But forget it. It's Fabulous Form of Darkness. And we're doing uh, Clara Milich by uh, Ivan uh, Turgenev. So if you like your Russian short stories and you want to hear me talk about it with my daughter willow listen to that but also pizza toast is back uh not this week but the next week we're going to be starting our new series the first episode is going to be kind of not about a specific book but about like our history with those books so be sure and tune in for a brand new series brand new to us old hat to all of you not going to tell you what it is but i'll give you a hint blah 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 so uh, join us next time. Follow me for that. Pizza toast. Uh, also, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for putting up with my hat. How does my hair look now? Oh, no. <laughs> and I'll see you all next time. Deep in Bear Country.